Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome to The Quiet Storm, and I'm your host, Greg Lasseter, here at G Radio in New York City, where you can find your classic soul and R&B music. Guys, we are back. You know what? We're doing something a little different tonight, but not really. I have the most amazing person. This guy is amazing. You guys will see what he, I can't even explain it. He will explain it to you. But let me just tell you this. It works. He's from the UK. He's the man, the myth, the legend. His name is Martin Rothery. And he has this therapy that, a revolutionary therapy. I don't, without further ado, let's give him a round of applause. Martin, 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 welcome to the UK. Welcome to the USA. Thank you very much, Greg. Thank you. How are you? How are you? I am, you know what, you know me, Martin. I can't any better to be a sin. Martin, give us a little bit of background about yourself and tell us about this amazing therapy that you created. Yeah, um, well, as, as you've already said, I'm in the UK. Um, and throughout my life, from a very young age, sort of around 10 years old, uh, I'd always had an interest in philosophy, science, psychology. Uh, and even even theology, sort of the religious side, with a look at the moral stories and uh, stories through the ages that have a meaning behind them. Um, I have gone through life uh, probably very similar to yourself, uh, not willing to work mm-hmm. for others, but looking to make my own path uh, and make an impact to help people to change the world. Um, I learned hypnotherapy. I, I went down that route originally and life coaching. Uh, but it, it it didn't do it for me. It, it felt too ritualistic, too famish. Um, everyone was doing stuff. Cultish, that was still sort of. <laughs> no, not quite. It was it was just um, they were relying on science that was over two hundred years old. It, it, they hadn't kept up with either the modern sciences now or looked at the ancient stuff from sort of ancient Egypt, ancient Greece. Um, And that's where my interests lied. So I worked with the ideas that I already knew from hypnotherapy and the like. And I developed the sentimentology originally to deal with pain, uh, chronic, Mm -hmm. physical and emotional pain. As we went on from there, I started to realize, um, yeah, it it, it was amazing. It drew a lot of attention. But as it went on from there, we realized that Physical pain wasn't the issue most of the time. There was there was emotional issues bringing in the physical. Uh, and, and one of the biggest issues I noticed myself was labels. Giving people mm-hmm. labels was the biggest danger because you were putting them in a box, they were getting the same treatment, when in reality what they were experiencing was a series of reactions and responses to their own unique experiences. And and two people's anxiety is not the same. Two people's pain is not the same. So treating them all the same is is not going to work as reliably as making them all different. So what um, made you come up? Wait, what made you come up with sentimentology? How did that word define that word for us? Yeah, they wanted something different, and and we did have a toss about because obviously there's um, there's the audible links to the sort of cults and sort of popular ones right. or not so popular ones. And 
it, it became a sort of do we do we sort of change the name or do we stick with something like hypnotherapy? But when you break down the word, the word sano means to restore or make whole in Latin. Ment, the mind, mental, and ology, the study and research of, which is what we do. Uh, we look at the minds, not just the mind in the brain, but the idea of a post-materialistic mind, something much bigger. And we restore it, repair it, make it whole again. And we continually study so, and research how to do that and develop it. So the word just fitted. Okay, so one of your biggest thing is the revolution in therapy with the use of power of dreams. That's it. Like, That's the underlying it's, it's, power. The underlying okay. power. So every time we dream, Martin, it always has a meaning. Is that what you're saying? Uh, in an ideal world, yes. Evolutionarily... It would have been um, back in back in the days of when we lived in tribes when we lived in caves, things like that. Our big, biggest issues were, is there enough food? Is there water? Are we warm enough? Where's my family? So your dreams were much more focused and they were there to filter out the day's events and provide resolutions so you could get up the next day with a clearer mind, uh, solutions to whatever you're thinking about. The problem today is society's overtaken evolution. So we're, we're, in a, we're in a rut of bombardment of information from the internet, from social media, from television, newspaper, and all this stuff that's going on, the troubles all over the world. Uh, Joe Bloggs has sort of had an affair with so-and-so and this, that, and the other, which, which are in, in an ideal world, none of our business. They're all there. Right. Right. So when we sleep and we dream, there's no structure, there's no single event that the unconscious mind, if you like, or the subconscious mind can concentrate on to resolve. So our dreams, in, uh, this might upset a few people, but the dream <laughs> interpreters out there that look to interpret people's dreams when they dream naturally, it's a futile exercise. Because right. one part of the dream might be linked to somebody on the other side of the world that they just saw a post on the internet and another one might be a picture that they saw in the corner of their eye in a magazine so so they're all muddled so, so what like we've done is we've sorry go on it's like a subconscious subconscious thing then like yeah our it's, dreams it's would a lower down programming our dreams would manifest through what we encounter throughout our day yeah, if we go into the science of it, we've, we've got a small part of the brain, uh, almond-shaped and sized, called the amygdala. Uh, and the amygdala basically takes in all information from every part of our senses, not just your sight, hearing, but all the other senses that the body has. Um, I think scientists talk about between 14 and 20 these days. And right. it filters them out, and it looks for patterns, and it looks for danger. If there is a sense of danger at any level... It will store it in the amygdala. The amygdala will actually grow. And as it grows, it gets a heightened sense of danger. So wow. you're in a vicious cycle then, which leads to things like anxiety um, and the like. When we dream or when we sleep, uh, and this, there's an important side of this in napping as well, which I've written about before. When we sleep, the amygdala is the most active part of the brain. And what that's doing is it's going through everything it's stored during the day and looking for resolution. 
can we get rid of this? Is there still danger here? Can we resolve it? Yes, okay, we'll get rid of that now. That could go to the memory. Or, no, we need to hold on to this till tomorrow, but maybe we can have a resolution. And and this has so, happened in, in history. Go on. No, so so the, your, like, your ideal person that comes, like, guys, let, let me tell you guys, this is an amazing, all my listeners, this is something that I, you know, guys, you know me, I'm a realist, and I don't put a lot of credence in anything. I've done my research on sentimentology. It works. It works, guys. You know what? You guys all know me. I'm a real person, and if I bring someone on, I believe in it. So I, you know, it's it's what is Martin? What is your ideal? Like somebody comes to you, like you. I know you've had like 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 stars and important people you helped out. I know that. So someone comes to you. Is it what kind of like? Martin, I've had a bad day. I had issues with my past. What kind of individual would come to you? Uh, because we advertise as therapy, and this, this is mostly in the UK, or we, we do have practitioners across uh, in the US now, uh, we get a lot of people, pain, uh, physical and emotional. Uh, we do a lot with addictions, with PTSD. Uh, but then on the other, the flip side of that coin, we, we also get people who understand the power of the dream and they come to us just because they're stuck in life. Uh, they don't know their path forward or they know that they can be successful, but there's something holding them back and they don't know what it is. And, and this is where the power lies, because whereas if you go to see a psychiatrist or a uh, hypnotherapist, they will ask you to talk about your problems and discuss this and discuss that and bring it all back. In reality, 95% of the time, the problem is not what you think it is. There's usually something even further back that's usually quite small. When we do it really? in this way, we, yeah, indeed. Um, I could tell you some fantastic stories of um, some PTSD clients and that, and, and it was nothing to do with their wars or their traumas. But when you, when you give the unconscious mind, and this is a really easy summary of what we do, when you give the unconscious mind the freedom, the permission, and the confidence to work on its own, it will provide that resolution in a personal way to the client. Wow. And that's what makes it so powerful. We don't, I get clients come to me that I don't even ask what's wrong with them. Uh, I don't want them to talk about it because I don't want to bring back those bad memories. And yet they still leave with the same resolution at the end. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. See, that's what I think is pretty amazing. Now, you know, as always, most of the people, we deal, we have, some of us had really bad childhoods. And when we become an adult, we spend our life trying to reconcile our childhood. And that you know, things, bad things that happened to us in the past. So when someone comes to you, how does that start? You know, therapy, you go into like therapy, people, the therapist will say, you know what, why are you here? How do you do it? We literally say, what do you want from this? What, what would you like when you leave here, whether it's a single session, uh, some of our sessions are as little as 20 minutes and it's done and we never have to see him again. But when they come in, how would you like to feel at the end? And the biggest, um, 
the biggest one I try and suggest to people is just go for feeling happy or a life of abundance. Um, mm-hmm. Translating abundance as the right amount of everything, love, health, wealth, however you like it. Because that's what we're all here for, really, at the end. We want to be happy. When we do that, then we get to the root. And and sometimes, I have to admit, the client won't deal with what they think they've come to deal with. But it will be more important to deal with that. Again, we're back to the freedom of the unconscious mind. Right. Isn't that most people, though? We, like, people go to therapy, and they want to release or deal with the burdens that they had in the past. And I think with you, like you, people come to you and they go, okay, Martin, I want to like be free of all the bullshit in my life. How, if I came to you, somebody came to you and said that, do they have to be specific or how does that work? No, that would be more than enough for us to work on because uh, w- one of the things we look at is the idea of seeds. There's always a seed right at the beginning. Uh, so, for example, one of my PTSD clients, uh, their seed was being a three-year-old child and doing something that was quite dangerous. And their dad, who was normally mild-mannered and uh, really nice, absolutely flipped the roof, shouted at them. And, you know, as we do as parents, when the child does something, our fear kicks in um, and we get a bit sort of agitated and this planted a seed in this man that Mm. then every time he was in a similar situation it layered up to his time at war became the final layer to create PTSD so when Mm. we did the session we went back to that moment Uh, I didn't know anything about this moment until afterwards Mm. but uh, he couldn't even remember it but we went back to that moment and he basically met himself the adult him wow. met in this process of the dream, the child him, gave him a hug, told him everything was okay, explained why he'd been shouted at, and then forgave him for creating the programs that would, in turn, in future, lead to the PTSD. Once wow. that seed was now, collapsed, nothing else could be built on it, which means everything collapsed. Wow. So let me ask you this, though. What if a client comes to you, how do you distinguish, like, say a client comes to you that, or have you ever had a client that was manic depressive, schizophrenic, that is on medication? We have. Now, I mean, legally, we can't discuss medication. Uh, The the rule of thumb is uh, if somebody's on medication, once we've worked with them, go see your doctor. See if the doctor's happy to wean you off. Um, Some of these medications could be potentially fatal if you just stop taking them. Um, So so we get them to go for a wean-off process. However, the programs that were creating this manic depressive uh, or severe anxiety or whatever it was, once they're gone, they don't feel like they need that medication anymore. The doctor, in their knowledge of medicine, knows how to watch for it. So they might take one tablet off them a day, see how they go for seven days, if they're okay, the next tablet will come off another seven days. And we've got hundreds and hundreds of clients that have been on severe opiates, uh, tramadol, uh, gabapentin, just, just reeling off a few. And they no longer take any tablets whatsoever. 
and, and let me ask you this though: In your opinion, do you think most of the clients, most of the people in the world, because we are in this society where if you go and something's wrong with you, a doctor is always quick to diagnose and get on this medicine, get on that medicine. How? What is your feeling about that? Hmm. Um, okay, I'm going to be very careful here. Uh, I think. <laughs> I think doctors are valued where they are. I'm good friends with a few doctors, and one of them actually turned around to me once and said, we don't actually cure anything. All we do is say what's wrong, and then we give them the medicines to help them. Uh, obviously, it's different if you're a surgeon or something like that. Right, right, um, right. The problem with the, with the doctor's side, and, and I think this is changing very, very slowly, is a case of physical pain, for example. They will look for physical injury. They will look for something physical. However, they don't, uh, a lot of them won't accept that mental anguish can actually cause physical pain. So, so things like some wow. of these chronic diseases, um, I could talk about fibromyalgia, ME, um, complex regional pain syndrome. When you look at them and you work with the person at the mental level, you can see why they have the pain, usually to slow them down or give them a message. Once they acknowledge that message, there is no longer a need for the pain. So a, a, a really, really simple example, uh, say somebody's had a car accident and they broke their leg. Right. They might be absolutely fine for the rest of their life. Once their legs healed, no pain, except every time they get in the car, every time they get in the car, they get a twinge and it'll be painful. Uh, this is quite a regular occurrence. Right. What's happening there is they crush the car. The unconscious mind knows that that was dangerous and it could have actually killed them. So in its drive to keep somebody safe, which is its main job, it's reminding them, you did this last time. So I'm going to give you that little bit of pain just to remind you so that you're a bit more careful. Now, when wow. we go in and acknowledge that, we can then, in the space of literally five minutes, remove that pain permanently. That right there, you would, you, this is what, no, I've done my own research on you. And I think what you have is unbelievably great. My question, like you can, it's, it's, I, I, I sense that you make people confront their issues. No, um, partly, but I think confront's a little bit of a strong word. Um, most issues, I would say, are a conflict or a, um, an ignoring a message. Once they acknowledge, not confront, but just acknowledge that they've listened and dealt with the problem that's causing it, which is usually their programming from the past, then there's no need for the presenting issue. So, but how does it continue? Go ahead. Go on. No. Okay. So I, I, I'm dealing. Say I'm dealing. I come to you. Hypothetically, I'm, de I'm dealing with certain issues that happened to me in the past, and I said, Mark, listen. You know what? I had an issue with you know with my mother. Um, yeah. And I'm saying when I say with my mother, I'm not saying you know oh she didn't show me enough love. I'm just saying. The way I had to fend for myself, blah, 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 blah. I come to you and I say, Mel, can you help me get past this? Is it getting past it 
or is it dealing with it? It's releasing it. Um, because because you, I mean, let, let's say this hypothetical situation was you. What might be the case is you felt either neglected or abandoned. These are fear-based emotions. Um, at the root, there is only love or fear. Everything negative right. is built from fear. Everything positive built from love. So abandonment, um, not feeling the attention, not, not, not feeling that you were looked after, at mm. some level will be creating a fear-based reaction. Can I survive this? Can I get through this? That's danger. So then right. that is then locked into the amygdala. And until you can resolve that and accept that there was no danger, then it's always going to be stuck there. Now, most people won't think, oh, it's because of that, therefore I need to think about this and dream about this and resolve it. But when we just go in, say, say you came to me as a client, you my first thing would be, okay, we have this thing that's holding back that might be something to do with childhood. So um, I'm now talking to Greg's unconscious mind, and I'd like you to help me today to resolve that in whatever way is best suited for you. And then we'd go into the dream. Um, there's different types. There's different... Um, the way we set it up, the way we lead in, and the levels of where we go to. Um, but we'd then go in, and you would probably, more than likely, meet your mum. Now, mm -hmm. the unconscious mind doesn't know the difference between reality or fantasy. When I've done this with people, they've had physiological experiences, um, going to a cold place and their glasses will physically steam up and things like that. Because in mm -hmm. the moment, it is real. So you will go meet your mum, have a good chat. It might be you as an adult now, or it might be you as the child. You would mm -hmm. resolve the differences. You would have a conversation. You would forgive her. She would forgive you. Suddenly, the amygdala is like, ah, I don't need that anymore. And it's gone into your memory. So you come out of that, suddenly that barrier that you've had that was fear-based is gone. So, and anything else that was linked this. to it will also collapse. Okay, but, okay, say you meet someone and you deal with them. It's about, like, what is you that you meet that person and they don't, they don't acknowledge it or they don't, like, they say you're full of shit. How do you deal, oh, we get that how does one deal with that? Um, in a nutshell, we don't. Because it has to be a choice. We don't force anything on anyone. Um, if they want the help, and, and generally, especially with pain, uh, because pain's so quick, what I would generally say is, right, okay, I can help you. Um, I guarantee what I do. So if it doesn't work, don't pay me. I don't care. But... No, 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 no. That's not what I meant, Mark. That's not what I meant. Yeah. I meant, like, I'll, I'll turn around and say, what have you got to lose? Right. But let me know. It, no, I'm not mentioning you. Now, I'm not saying you at not helping. I'm like, say, for me, say I go to, I'm, I'm hypothetically, I go to my mom and I say, mom, this is what I feel, blah, blah, blah. You say, Greg, go deal with by confronting that person. And at the end, what if the, the results, like the other, the other person that you're telling this to don't accept what you say? How does that work? Do you have to forgive yourself and forgive them? Well, we, we do have different levels of the program to do that. But what, uh, what you need to understand with this is 
all of this programming is at the unconscious level and at the unconscious level you don't make decisions so even if you're wow. thinking consciously no i don't want to do this as long as you've had the experience at the unconscious level those programs will be gone so you might not realize it immediately but then over right. the coming days, you'll start to think you know i don't feel like that anymore and these things will wow. suddenly feed through, and you've changed your whole programming. So then I, I guess what I'm saying, what I'm, what I'm hearing is that once you accept what you need to deal with, it's really not about the other person. You accept nope. your pain. You accept your pain. And it would be great if the other person or whoever you deal with acknowledge what you say, but in essence, you don't really care because you're saying to yourself, Oh, wait, I'm going to accept this. It happened to me. I'm going to approach this person. If they care to deal with it, they can, but I will forgive them as I forgive myself and move on. Right. Within the dream, don't forget, you're not actually dealing with the real person. You're dealing with your uh, creation of that person in the dream. Oh, okay. So that's going to be on your side because it is there to help resolve. So they will. Now, if this person's still alive, um, mm -hmm. so that was your mum and she's still alive, she probably doesn't even think there's an issue there. She wouldn't even remember that from the past. And if she did, well, you've now forgiven her at your level, so you're not going to see so many issues going on, which are going to feed across to her. So generally, the life's going to be better anyway. If somebody is still like that, I've seen it with, with sort of split up partners and stuff like that, it is just a case of removing yourself from the situation or removing the triggers so that whatever's said, you just think, well, so what? Because you haven't got the initial triggers that were setting off any anxiety or um, negative reactions, let's say. Right. So, so what the other person I, does in reality doesn't matter. Right, it's not even relevant. It's about if no. they, if you want to confront them, it's fine. But in essence, you're forgiving them and forgiving yourself. Correct. Spot on. Wow. Yeah, the, there is a there is a much deeper level as well to this, and it and it's it's the latest part that I've just added on, and that's the absolution of guilt as well. Because if you, whether it's real or imagined, if you feel that you've wronged somebody else then there's going to be guilt that you're feeling. And even if you forgive yourself, in the back of your mind, you're going to have how they feel. So, so we've, we, we do the forgiveness of other people, forgiveness of yourself because of the programs that you've created from it, and then absolution from any guilt from your part in the actions of the past. Okay, then say like, the guilt part, and you did something to someone. Is it... Do you do you help people? Do you have, do you tell people to go if they're still alive? Confront them. No, no. no. Um, okay. The, the this the, they need to do that would be at the conscious level, and we do very little at the conscious level because uh, it, it's people's free it will. It can cause problems. Yeah. Yeah. It can cause problems. Yeah. Now, from the spirit, tell us about the tell me about the spiritual side. How does the spiritual side work? Okay. Uh, oh, we go. We we could go really deep on this. Um, I'll, I'll try and keep I love it. 
I love it. And I, guys, um, hold on a second, Martin. Hold on, hold on one second, Martin. You're listening to The Quiet Storm at G Radio New York City, where you can find your classic soul with R&B music, the music for your soul. Tonight, I got the amazing Martin Rockery. He's in the UK. It's late, but he's still with us. His program is amazing, people. I can't tell you. I mean, he's going to tell you how to get a hold of him at the end of the show, but trust me, it's one – what do you have to lose? It's helping yourself. Continue. I'm sorry, Martin. Continue. Oh, that's fine. Um, I mean, the training program, obviously, we train practitioners in this, and the training program's extensive. It's, I think the manual's 700 pages, and it goes, uh, it goes over about 20 weeks, one, one day a week. Um, when, when you go for therapy or when, when you talk about psychology, people talk about the conscious mind and the unconscious mind or the subconscious mind, um, depending how you want to call it. But this is very limiting in nature because what we do within the Sanimentology program is we talk about consciousness as a whole, and it goes a lot further. So, for example, um, people will do memes, if you like, of an iceberg. And the tip of the iceberg will be your conscious mind. The bit under the water, which is much bigger, will be the unconscious mind. When I look at that, I think, well, Sanimentology is actually dealing with everything around the iceberg as well the sea the air the world it's on the universe it exists in because that's the scope of consciousness outside of the little bit that we work with uh i think the easiest way the analogy that i use that i think is a great one is uh to, to explain the physical the mental and the spiritual um take out of your mind any ideas of religion or anything like that when we look at the spiritual uh think about water Water has three states, solid, liquid, gas, ice, water, mm-hmm. steam. Now, if an ice cube got broken, you wouldn't be able to repair that unless you turned it to water. Wow. The ice okay. cube right. represents the conscious mind, uh, sorry, the physical plane, the physical body. To repair the physical, you have to go to the mental state. So if you broke, if you broke your leg, for example... The doctor doesn't repair that. All the doctor does is set it in place. Your mind will send stem cells and whatever else it needs to that area to actually physically grow new bone to make that repair. It's done at the mental level. So the ice cube can be turned to water then drop back to, down to the physical, to the ice cube, and it will become whole again. If you take the water and you poison it, The only way to repair that is to take the water to steam, to distill it. That would be the spiritual level of a human being, beyond the unconscious mind. You can then distill it, purify it at steam, then bring it back down to the water level of the mind, and it will be pure and fixed again. However, if the steam becomes poisoned, the water would also be poisoned, and the ice would also be poisoned. So issues at the spiritual level will always leak down and cause problems at the mental, problems at the physical. Problems at the mental level will cause problems at the physical. Say again? It would be toxic. It's, it's, it's all toxic yeah, absolutely. if you let it all down, right? Absolutely. So, no, let me ask, so let me ask you this. Do you really – can someone come to you, Martin, and be cured? Like, it's not a cure. Can someone come to you and, like, with one session and be okay? 
for many issues, uh, light anxiety, um, suicidal and things like that, we might need to do a few sessions, but light anxiety, uh, a fear or a phobia, um, physical pain, usually, yes, it's, it's one session. More often than not, that session won't be longer than 20 minutes. Wow, really? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you like, know what, with, Martin, with the pain, you... sorry. Right. Go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, when we look at the pain, we're not talking just imagined pain. We're talking about things like arthritis, uh, back problems. Uh, I have, and I've got evidence of this, one of my, he, he's one of my practitioners now, he's in Ireland. He had a 75-minute root canal surgery with no anesthetic. And all I did oh. was a 10-minute session before it, beforehand. And I spoke to the unconscious mind, and I said, look, unconscious mind, this needs to happen. At the end of the day, it's going to happen for his health. So, therefore, we do not need those messages to be produced. He went 75 minutes with no anesthetic whatsoever, and he didn't feel oh, a thing. Did. Yeah. Oh, hey, Mike, you know you're my new best friend, right? <laughs> Love it. Uh, oh, my God. So, Martin, um, how, how is this guy's listen? He, even though he's in the UK, he, given where we are, the pandemic, he offers, you offer sessions of Zoom, telephone, what have you, right? Yeah, all sessions, all sessions and all training is, is via Zoom. Do you ever meet people in person? Occasionally. I, I have a training facility in, in the UK. Um and when we're not in pandemic, I can I can take 100 people in the room for training. Um, but obviously, logistically, right. it's easier to do. Right. Do you ever do things in group or is it all one-on-one? It depends on the issue. Um, there are group sessions for, for small things like weight loss, or should I say weight management. Um, right. we'll, we'll do groups on that. Um Part of, like, say we're dealing with an addiction, there would be part of it we could do as a group, but then there has to be part that's personal one-on-one. Light anxiety we can do as a group. Um, A a lot of it can be done as groups, depending on the presenting issue and how deep we need to work with somebody. Okay, wow. So how did, tell uh, tell my listeners, I think we have, let me see, we have 6.1 million people in 12 countries listening. Tell them, tell how do how do, how does how does it start? How can we get a hold of Martin? How can we start this whole process? Um, for the therapy or for the training? Do you mean both? Are you, are, okay. Let me ask you. Someone comes to you. Let me hold on a second. Someone comes to you. How do I know? How do they know whether they need therapy or do I need training? Well, the training is if you want to go on to help other people. Um, but within the training, you experience every single part of the program yourself. So you are guaranteed to come out a better person yourself. Um, if you've just got one thing holding you back then, and, and you're busy with your lives doing other things, you don't need the training overly. Although we do have people from all walks of life. We've got doctors, we've got nurses, uh, we've got, um, PR people that have all done the training and find, they can fit parts of it into their daily work. 
Um, so if it's presented a problem, if you've got a bit of back pain, if you've got any chronic condition, then book a session. Um, I could be found on Facebook and the internet, and I'll give you the details in a moment. If you're interested in taking this on as a idea to help others, if you've got family members that you can help or friends, or even you want to build a career out of it, then take the training and change your own life at the same time. So uh, we've, we've got the website, sanamentology.com. Uh, and also, if you search for Sanamentology Dream Architecture uh, on Facebook, you'll find me there. And Martin Rothery uh, on Facebook as well. That's my, my sort of personal account. And it's a picture of me holding up one of my books, so you, you can't miss it. Uh, can we again, buy Martin Rothery. Uh, you can buy the theories, and that can be found on Amazon. You can't buy the practitioner's workbook. Well, you can, but it will cost you several thousand pounds because it contains all my life's work, which I train people in. Right. So there is a theories book, but it doesn't contain any of the actual protocols or programs. That's amazing. It's amazing. Martin, I love you, dude. I I know it works. I tell people. Thank you. I I I don't endorse anybody, but when I do endorse you, that means I believe. I endorse Mark. He's a guy. You know what? He's helped me. As me trying to help him, we help each other. And it works, guys. It's no bullshit. It works. Absolutely. It works. It works. It works, guys. I need you guys to get a hold of him. He's amazing. He can change your life. I'm all about, I reinvent myself every day. And I, my theory is to be better than I was the day before. And, guys, if you, whatever your deal is in life, if it's something holding you back, Martin can help you deal with that and improve your life. How much? That's, that's kind of priceless to be better, to be better. What more can you ask for, Martin? Really? That's the purpose. If we could do this you across know, the whole world, it would be a much nicer place. It would, wouldn't it? Martin, I want to yeah. thank you wholeheartedly because I know, I think it's way after midnight. <laughs> In the UK, I can hear it in your voice, man. <laughs> and, and I know you have a big day tomorrow. Hey, guys, Martin is going to be on my TV show in the next week or so. And, guys, it works. It works. And tomorrow you'll see on Facebook, we'll start posting how to get a hold of Martin, blah, 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 the whole thing. I believe in it, guys. Improve yourself. Martin, I need you to go to bed because I know you got to get up. I want to thank, thank you. Thank you very much, Greg. Thank, thank you very thank much. You. Martin, thank you so much. And, uh, Mike, I, I can't wait. I'll talk to you after – well, I'll talk to you on Sunday because I know you got a big thing yeah. to do today. And thank you so much, Martin. I do. No, thank you for thank your Thank you, time, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, everybody. All right, brother, Talk to you soon.
You're listening to The Quiet Storm. Tonight, we have an amazing guest. His name is Martin Lottery from the UK. And you heard about his sentimentology therapy. It works, guys. You can It helps. You, it can, you can help yourself. And as you guys know, tomorrow night, I'm holding a tribute to my good late friend, Michael Henry, at 7 p.m. You guys got to tune in, call in. But tonight, I'm going to keep it smooth. I got about 35 minutes. If you want to call me, the number is 917-889-9170. And we can talk about whatever you want. I'm going to play this cut by one of my good friends, Glenn Jones. It's called Love by Design. We can play the notes as they were written. We can color in between the lines. We could both release our inhibition. Create a love that's only yours and mine. Let's make love by our own
when I think about love Girl, your face is all I see When I think about your touch You know I'm hungry Constantly Follow me on social media. You already know what's going on in my life. 
But I want to thank everybody for listening to me tonight. I got about another 27 minutes, then I'm just going to, you know, do music and just chill. I know I talk fast, guys. So if you want to call me, 917-889-9170, and we can have a conversation about whatever. Tomorrow night, we're doing a tribute to the late Michael Henry. Um, you're gonna, People are going to call in. We're going to talk about if you Some of you guys that follow me on social media, you guys know that Mike and I used to clown each other, uh, you know, with different memes about different things. And it's hilarious. We like to entertain. So, guys, I want you to come back tomorrow at 7 o'clock. But tonight, relax, have a cocktail, sit back, and listen to the great sounds of the quiet storm with yours truly. So, last, I'm going to get into some one of my – this guy, he doesn't need an intro.
softness of your voice. You make me want to be a better man, baby. And I want to thank you for calling me into your life, into your arms. I love you. 
Oh. 
about you, your smiling face. I know you want us all to be strong. Really gonna miss you. I know you've gone to that magic place. Singing you a brand new song. Storm with Greg Lasseter. You sure 